What's up, guys? My name is Mark, and you found your way to the Out of Step SLC podcast. There's only a handful of good things about living in Utah, like how you have to go to a government-run building if you want a bottle of whiskey. Whenever somebody dies, you can count on there being what we call funeral potatoes at the wake, and they're delicious. And the roads here don't get plowed until there's been a few dozen wrecks. But what I love most about living here is the counterculture and the music scenes that I call home. I really think we have one of the hardest scenes in the nation simply because of the overwhelming need to resist the right-wing religious culture that not only surrounds us, but stifles us as well. So guys, today I want to talk about the straight edge scene here in Salt Lake. It's one I'm personally familiar with and was not really all that surprised when I learned that it has one of the absolute worst reputations in the country. And it may sound dramatic, but maybe even the world as a whole. But I'll leave that up to you to decide. Now, for those of you who don't know what Straight Edge is, it is a hardcore music scene that formed in the early 80s by a band called Minor Threat. The whole movement kicked off of a 45-second-long song called Straight Edge. Now, in the song, Ian Mackey, who is the frontman for Minor Threat, sings about how he has a straight edge over people who use and abuse alcohol, drugs, uh, I mean, tobacco to a certain extent. That one song sparked a worldwide movement as far as living clean, which... I think is really cool considering 45 seconds from a garage band <laughs> in New York City. Like that's that's really cool. It really shows what can happen now. In a previous episode, I mentioned how my childhood friend who provided we with pirated music was really into the straight edge scene for a time and being somebody that I really, really looked up to. Naturally, I got into it as well. Once I learned really what it was about, it just so happened to line up with pretty much all the values I was raised with. But instead of having to go dress up and worship something that doesn't exist, I could be myself, listen to this awesome music that has a way more positive message, and belong to something that accepted me during my mid to late teens, which was super important to me. Because remember when I mentioned the divorce? Well, when the ward found out about it, they did what all good Christians do. They judged us and then shunned us. Fuck, even some of my friends' parents limited how often they could hang out with me, which was really hard because I was going through so much shit. So it ended up in me clinging to the scene with a white knuckle grip. And in Eagle Mountain, where I grew up, I was one of three straight edge kids that I knew of. And one of like four in my high school in Lehigh. I didn't really get along all that well with the two in Eagle Mountain because they seem to have more of a hardline stance and just love to fight. And I think they kind of leveraged straight edge in that way. I was posy and they really weren't like I would talk music with them 
and talk about Minor Threat and Project X and Earth Crisis and, you know, all these like OG straight edge bands. And they would look at me like a deer in headlights. And that really bothered me because I was like, here you are claiming edge wearing the attire. I don't see you at any shows. You don't listen to really any of the music. So what the fuck are you doing this for? <laughs> yeah, it just it just drove me crazy. And the ones in high school didn't really want to talk to me for whatever reason. It didn't really help that I was also really fucking shy. So honestly, I was just kind of lone wolfing it. It kind of sucked. But since I felt like I belonged to something important and something positive, it was good enough for me. During that time, <laughs> I actually had a couple opportunities to kind of, one, be a sarcastic ass, and two, enlighten some people on what the movement actually is about. <laughs> and so one of those classes I took, it was a law enforcement class. I don't fucking know why I took that. I'm personally not really fans of law enforcement. I think it was mainly like my parents being worried for me or something. So the teacher was a former Los Angeles deputy. And I mean, honestly, he he had he had crooked written all over him. I'm like, you don't belong to one of the most corrupt law enforcement agencies in the country and get away scot-free. You know, like, fuck you. <laughs> so that day we were covering gangs and Straight Edge was listed on there. And I didn't know that Straight Edge was a registered gang. Fuck, I didn't really know just how big the movement really was. So it kind of startled me a little bit. And I was like, OK, like that's I'm going to have to look into this because this is fucking weird. And it also just so happened that I was wearing one of my straight edge shirts and he noticed that basically assaulted straight edge right off the bat. I mean, he was bringing up how they shave their heads and they're militant and violent. And for whatever fucking reason, when the militant guys get locked up, they have a tendency of going towards white supremacy. It doesn't make sense to me because that's not what the movement's about, but uh, fucking whatever. <laughs> Either way, he was kind of giving me looks and he asked me to stay after class and I fucking booked it when the bell rang. You know, being the guy that I've always been who's worn my heart on my sleeve. I mean, I had shit written all over my backpack as well. You know, like like uh, I declare war drug free and X's all over it. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was I was really into it, guys. And that night I got home and went into the bathroom and shaved my fucking head just to piss him off, really, because I was like, guy, I'm going through enough shit as it is. I don't need you to be adding on to that and targeting that. The next time he saw me, oh yeah, yeah, he was he was not happy about it. Pulled me aside and we had a conversation and I basically told him to fuck off. And the rest of that fucking semester with that class, we, we didn't he fucking left me alone, thank God. One of the other classes that I took, uh, we were told to give a presentation on culture. Again, 
my sarcastic ass, I chose to cover like to do like a short presentation on counterculture and gangs that exist in Utah because Utah has a stereotype of being really safe. Like people assume shit doesn't happen here. I mean, honestly, there are I would say there's more safe areas in the state than bad areas, but we still have bad areas. You know, there's still scary places. We have the same fucking gangs that California has, that Chicago has, you know, so I wanted to kind of share this information with a bunch of just, you know, sheltered Lehigh high school students. And as I stood up in front of the class and guys, this class was huge. There was like 40 fucking students. That's because Utahns breed like fucking rabbits and don't really know what safe sex is because it's not fucking taught. (laughs) So I stood up in front of all these kids and gave a presentation that was 75% straight edge culture, 15% punk rock, and about 10% gang culture. And like I mentioned earlier, since straight edge is a registered gang here, naturally I got asked fuck a dozen times at least if I was a gang member, which I thought was hilarious because I was just this fucking tall, skinny kid, maybe 140 pounds soaking wet that went to hardcore shows and played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like I, the furthest fucking thing from a gang member. So I explained that to him and I went more into like the subgroups, you know, like militant hardline. Posies, the vegans, and told them that it's the militant hardliners. Those are the guys, or not guys, those are the people that tend to get arrested and get put on the gang file for assaults and shit. Like, basically, they're the people that if you're smoking a cigarette outside of a show, you're going to get jumped. Plain and simple. Like, if they're that hardline, yeah. You know, and if fucking it's bullshit frankly live and let live but what do i fucking know but regardless of all that i got an a plus on that assignment and i was pretty fucking stoked about that because i really thought they were gonna you know see right through me and be like all right you're just trying to recruit these fucking kids fuck you but you know i passed which was dope probably one of my absolute favorite stories from that time of my life was a buddy of mine and I went to see a Stig and Ghost Inside show at In the Venue. While the Ghost Inside was playing, we both just charged into the pit. I don't know what the fuck happened, but I got sucker punched. And I got sucker punched fucking hard. Like, I remember the impact and then seeing my glasses and hat fly. And the next thing I know, I was on the ground and these motherfuckers were fucking kicking me. They were stomping me. Didn't matter. My head, my ribs, my legs, fucking my stomach didn't matter. So I started rolling around because I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to fucking die. (laughs) And I grabbed my stuff. Thankfully, somehow my glasses weren't broken or anything like that. But out of nowhere, I felt what felt like a fucking catcher's mitt, grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and pulled my little ass out of the pit 
and pulled me to safety. I was like, oh, thank fucking God. And then I was like, oh, God, my fucking jaw. So my buddy comes over to see if I'm OK. And he's like, dude, I saw who fucking got you. I'm like, dude, I've got to I've got to go to the mirror. Like, I've got to see if I'm missing teeth or something because I got hit hard. So I go in there. You know, I'm not missing anything. I just my jaw starting to swell. And I come back out of the bathroom and my buddy was kicking the shit out of the guy that sucker punched me. And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> like unbelievable. And so I'm going over to fucking help him. But then, you know, naturally the bouncers came in and he just vanished. Just And it's really easy to do that at a show to just vanish into the crowd. And, you know, that's what he did. We ended up having a great show. And I mean, like, I ended up buying him some good old fashioned Mac Dre's after that. I, <laughs> I was so grateful. But... I did have people pick fights with me because I was straight edge. Now, I'm not a violent man. I've never really been a violent man. And I always try to use words before fists every time. Nonetheless, I did have to defend myself in school and it shows a few times and ended up actually having to transfer schools my senior year because I had a little bird tell me that uh, I was going to get jumped by a group of, I guess you'd call them stoner kids. I don't know. Maybe they were fucking juggalos. I don't know. Which for me was baffling because I didn't know who the fuck they were. Didn't know what they looked like, let alone do anything to provoke them. Say what you will. But I'm not about to face off with five plus kids with no backup. My friends were not fighters. And I understood that. I wasn't going to put my physical well-being on the line for literally no reason than physical violence. Like, fuck you. No, not going to happen. Senior year ended up being when the vandal and the real miscreant (laughs) manifested in me. I would cut class. I would vandalize everything, fucking mainly the school. (laughs) I would go and I'd write straight edge shit like drug free or fuck drugs or, and this isn't really related to straight edge, but fuck juggalos, fuck ICP on the bathroom walls, on the desks, fucking wherever. If I had a marker, I was vandalizing. That's just, that's what it was. And over that shit, I almost didn't walk for graduation, you know, and I'm grateful that they were pretty lenient with me on it because I did get suspended for it. And there was only one fight I was involved in at that school and it got broke up super fucking fast before anybody got hurt. Thank God. And that one, it that one wasn't anything to do with straight edge. That was just some kid being a fucking asshole. Well, it turns out that my weights teacher was, I'll call him an OG straight edge kid from the late 80s through the 90s, which I thought was fucking tight, right? Like, <laughs> like cool. Like, you were there, like, around the beginning. Like, I want to, you know, tell me stories. But he was really tight-lipped about it. I, I think he didn't want to encourage me by telling me stories of, you know, fights that he'd been in or vandalisms or anything. But he did tell me about a couple of shows here and there. And 
did hint at some brawls he'd been a part of, but that was all I was ever really able to get out of him. Now, after graduation, I got kicked out over like a phone bill or some trivial shit and moved back to SLC with some family. And after a few months, I just I stopped being straight edge. I hate it how violent and intolerant the scene has had been and it can still be. As I was preparing for today's episode, I came across some startling yet not so surprising information about when the straight edge scene came to Utah in the 90s. Now, to preface this, Utah has a nasty habit of breeding extremes. And I think that has to do with the suffocating presence of the cult that is the Mormon church and their zero tolerance policy when it comes to violations of their ethos, like uh, the word of wisdom, for example, or premarital sex or whatever, which results in that black and white thinking and can easily translate into your everyday life. Even people who aren't, who've never been a part of the church, who are native Utahns, have this way of thinking. So it's just a weird culture we have here. And with that being said, I think the reason Straight Edge took off so fast here is what I mentioned earlier. It's safe to say that a lot of people here are raised with the beliefs of no alcohol, no tobacco, no drugs, no premarital sex. I mean, to the extent of no hot drinks like coffee or tea, but you'll see them pounding energy drinks and soda pop like their life depends on it. And it makes no fucking sense. Oh, and if your doctor prescribes you a drug like Percocet or Oxycodone, it's totally fine to take that and develop a dependency on it. That's why we have an entire place called Happy Valley with shit like this. But anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. And this is probably a very unique thing to Utah in that it's super easy here to see what Straight Edge is about and say, oh, I'm already doing all this shit and it's so much cooler than the church and jump in just like I did. The problem is that once the zero tolerance shit kicks in, it can form some pretty militant stances within the scene that oftentimes causes violence or specifically like here in the 90s, raids on mink farms, countless assaults and stabbings, and even a bombing. So like I said, the 90s were a very tumultuous time for straight edge in Utah. In an article by the LA Times in 1998, a kid by the name of Clinton Ellerman was arrested and charged for his role in the raid of a mink farm just two years earlier in 1996. His brother, Joshua, who was only 19, a fucking kid, faced a 30-year minimum charge for his connection in a bombing of a fur breeders co-op in 97. Clinton said to the reporter, quote, it would have been a good thing if the violence had been taken out of it, close quote. And things escalated 
to the point where local police dubbed straight edge suburban terrorists. Fuck Rick Rodney from a straight edge band called Strife. Dope band, by the way, go and listen to him, is on record talking about how the California scene is so much more positive because they're more tolerant of those around them and how he's been confronted by the Utah scene about being, quote, too complacent. Now, another example is in 2005, the Salt Lake Tribune wrote an article covering a story of a band that was assaulted on stage by a group of straight edgers in Midvale. Guys, officers from six fucking agencies responded to the call in which the bouncers were all fucked up and the band members were fucked up and it resulted in bouncers having to screen patrons to keep straight edgers out. Officers at the time said it was the largest gang in the state and have found that individual members have been linked with movements like the Animal Liberation Front and other environmental extremists. One of the most appalling cases of straight-edge violence in the 90s was a murder that took place in 1998. Now, guys, these were just fucking kids. Literally. There was a straight-edge show downtown, and while outside, a small group of teens started taunting the straight-edgers. There were over 30 (laughs) straight-edgers, and it wound up in a fight where... A 15-year-old by the name of Bernardo Represa was killed by getting stabbed in the stomach after he and his friends were assaulted with knives, bats, and police-style clubs. Now, an 18-year-old kid named Colin Reeser admitted that he wanted to hurt Bernardo, but not kill him. He ended up serving 20 years. And one of the other kids, Andrew Monick, served 15. They just threw away so much of their life over ego. It just, it blows my mind. And it puts such a bad light on the scene. Luckily, it seems that the 90s were the height of this kind of straight edge and straight edge violence in Utah. I couldn't really dig anything else up that was really worth mentioning. Now, me personally, I have met way more tolerant, positive straight edgers over hardliners, which, in my opinion, the whole movement is about positivity and doing what's right for you. And it's ruined by people that try to enforce their beliefs on you through intimidation and violence. And it's not very often that straight edge gets brought up in a conversation and somebody's like, oh yeah, no, they're cool. No, 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 no. When it gets brought up, people roll their eyes and they have nothing positive to say about it. It makes me sad. It's a movement that can have a lasting positive effect on someone's life. And I'd say most people in the scene aren't going to just flat out attack you for having a smoke or drink and a beer. But don't get me wrong, the shows are still brutal as fuck, and I've seen a ton of fights break out that are mostly contained within the pit or the two-step ring, and they get broken up pretty quick, generally, 
And I understand that sometimes people get carried away and it's going to happen, unfortunately. But I've seen way more people pick each other up and apologize for whatever they did and carry on. Either way, Straight Edge in Utah has quite the reputation. And even after all those events in the 90s, I mean, not going to lie, guys, whenever I go to a Straight Edge show, I pay super close attention to what's going on around me because things go from bad to worse in the blink of an eye. And these situations do happen at other shows, but there's just something about straight edge in Utah that it seems to happen more often than not. It's just heartbreaking for me because it's just, it's not what I really grew up with anymore. You know, I mean, I went to uh, a stick to your guns concert uh, way back in 2013 and I didn't even get involved in the pit because it was at the Murray Theater and I was up near the merch tables. And for those of you that don't know about the Murray Theater, it's literally a repurposed movie theater. So where I was standing, there's just a staircase down and it has like little sections, but then they're a big opening so that you can like dance, mosh, fucking whatever. And guys, I saw so many fights just all all over all over and it was just so disappointing you know i don't know i mean maybe we can turn it around and get it back to being more positive and and not carrying a chip on our shoulders for stupid ego shit but you know that's on the scene shoulders for that and i really hope that it happens. All right, guys, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Please leave a comment and rating on your way out. I really want to know what you guys think. Find me on Twitter at Mark the Imposter. And until next time, we'll see you in the pit.